Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishan. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. Hi everyone, it's me, Joel, a playwright and performer. And it's me, Kishan, a science educator. And welcome back to T42. It's our best friend podcast where we talk about whatever, whatever the fright rice. Fried rice, so because nice. Because it's fried rice, paradise, <laughs> nasi goreng, very nice. I actually like fried rice. Hey, speaking of fried rice, guess what, Joel? What? I actually had my first Haiti Light experience. I mean, you were there. Yeah, I don't know what you to say. <laughs> guess what? It's like, guess what, listeners? <laughs> yeah, guess what, listeners? Yes. We dragged uh, Kishin Kumasik to his virgin Haiti Lao. How do you Correct. find a Haiti Lao experience? It was, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. The robots were particularly Partic- fascinating. Yeah. fascinating. Yes. Yeah. But I have to say, I am not a big fan of hot pot. Okay, why? I just... I just like I said I don't don't like cooking my own food la. It's just not my it's just not it's my thing. Liche, right? It's damn liche. Yeah, but do you not find the service so attentive? The service was impeccable. Mm. It was incredible to an extent. A bit uncomfortable, right? A bit la, a yeah. bit. But but I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I'm glad I don't know if I would go again. Uh, what I liked about it was the fact that we were just together, la, which I guess is the hot pot the hot pot experience, right? It's yes, community, it's coming, it's family. Coming, coming together. It's coming together. Coming together. Yeah, correct. Uh what was your favorite uh dish? <laughs> Oh, my favourite dish ah. Okay, oh Readers, we Not readers, sorry Listeners, we did not manage To do the noodle boy thing Because the noodle boys Are not doing the noodle dance as yeah. Because of COVID regulations Because pandemic Unfortunately yeah, yeah, correct So we did not have the noodles We didn't no. have the noodles My favourite dish was actually The, the fish ball with <gasps> like the roll The fish ball with the roll That was delicious like. Okay, there is something About Chinese food That is very perverse, right? Yes, it was it stuff is. A ball Made of ground up fish With the roll of the fish And it will pipe out the paste made from the ground up flesh of a prawn into the shape of a prawn. Yeah. It's like really must man. Yeah, it's you know? it's like torture. Perverse. Eh? Yeah, correct. Right. But delicious. Delicious, yeah. Mm. Uh speaking of delicious, yes. uh, how are we doing on the charts, Kishan? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you remember last week, we disclosed <laughs> that we had made it onto the podcast charts in Singapore. Correct. Yeah, and we uh, exhorted all of you to help us rise in the charts, did we not? Tolong, tolong. So, where are we? Uh, we've been kicked out of the charts. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> So much for that. <laughs> yeah, so, but no, but you know what? Take comfort because, like, this is uh, the chart refreshes every day. So, and I only look at it like the day before we actually record, which is like six, which is like far from our, from when we first released the, the, the episode, right? No, I don't so, know. I don't care for this, like, explanation. No Just la, tell me worry, uh, we are not on the chart anymore. We're not listeners. on the chart. So, thanks to your efforts or lack thereof. <laughs> We are not on the chart. So I guess we'll just shelve that away as a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah, correct. Fame, never happening. Fame is like not happening. La. No. Mm. Your dear listeners are uh, buck up. <laughs> you better buck up. <laughs> we love you. We, mm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Alright, it's time for our first segment of the day. Are you home, Shirley? Where are you, Shirley? Mm. Shirley, you, you go where? Shirley, why are you not at home? Shirley! Your mother calling. Shirley! Shirley! <laughs> it's the segment in which we talk about an aspect of life in Singapore that either fascinates or horrifies us. Often, Often both. both. And what's mm. up for the chop today? Oh, today we are discussing 
code switching. So what is code switching, Joel? So code switching is a linguistic term, right? That refers to how people change the way they speak according to different social contexts. Yeah, who they're around, who they're where around. they're at. Yeah, so it's kind of like in Singapore, it's basically switching from... Uh, what you would call a very there are different like so-called levels of Singapore the Singapore English accent true, right? true. so there's like what you call straight up Singlish which is full of like um, Baselectal English yeah right? Baselectal Singapore English which is like Singlish la, basically. Correct. So, I mean, Singlish it's, a bit, la. it's a bit more like this where you correct, have like correct. a yeah. and then there is like um uh, acro like acrolectal Singapore English which is correct. complete which is basically standard English. That's right. Whatever that is, right? Yes. Um, with proper pronunciation, enunciation, and a, all of and, that, and the rhythm and the the musicality is very different. Correct. And you would switch between these so-called levels, depending uh, on who you're depending with. Depending on la. who you're with, ah. Uh. Mm. Uh, so in like you would say in a more formal context, it's like a minister with delivering delivering a speech. They would speak in a certain form of English. Although, Never be selective. Although, although in Singapore, that is very questionable because some of our ministers <laughs> really are the the English language ability is a bit questionable. <laughs> um, and then if they were say doing a door to door visit. Yeah. They might suddenly switch into a more homey. Correct. Uh, so it's to suit to suit particular needs, right? And to, yeah. And to serve particular purposes. Correct. So I thought we could demonstration, right? Demonstration, demonstration. demonstration uh, like an example of code switching. Okay. So yeah. like we will each take turns to read the following sentence, right? The first sentence. Let's do uh the more like baselectal or Singapore. Sure. So more like, homespun. Okay. No, I guess like the side note here is that actually, right? The Singapore accent is English accent is more than just throwing in last or loss, right? So Definitely. That's, that's more like vocabulary. It's more lexical. But actually, there are different stresses and rhythms yeah. and intonations that make the Singapore accent what it is, lah. What it is, yeah, right? For um, sure, for sure. As with any English accent, any yeah, accent, that's true. Right? That's okay. true. So like, let's so let's say the first the first way we read this sentence is a very kind of like sort of the earth, not sort of the earth, just very everyday Singapore accent. Everyday Singapore accent. What you might call a Maybe a mesolecto Singapore sure. accent, right? <laughs> yes. Which is not, it's not, you're not deliberately throwing in Lars and Laws, yeah. right? It's just how an everyday, correct, like, correct. what we think an everyday Singaporean correct, sounds correct. like. And right. then, uh, then the the second one would be like, um, let's say we code switch up. Let's say who are we talking to in this in, in this instance? Like let's we're say, in a university class and we just want to speak properly. Fair. Yeah. Okay, let's How's try that. that. Okay, okay. You want to go first? Sure. All right. So the first, first one. one uh, mm. Mm. 14 new COVID-19 cases in Singapore. Including three locally transmitted and eleven imported. Mm, very good. Okay. Mm, so thanks. this is your stat of the everyday accent. Correct. Okay. And then the then if I were to speak, if I were like speaking in a, a university class, it'd yeah. be fourteen new COVID nineteen cases in Singapore, including three locally transmitted and eleven imported. Mm, okay, that was very impressive. Thank you. Yeah, thank but that's you. also not those are terrifying numbers. Fourteen. <laughs> Okay, okay, so I'm gonna do mine. <laughs> yes, do yours. The first one is like, okay, like who am I talking to? Give me yours. And uh, talking to your mother, lah. Okay. Mm. Hey, mother, there's 14 new COVID-19 cases in Singapore, including three locally transmitted and 11 imported. Mm. Mother got the news. Yeah, she got the news. She right? got the news. Okay. Now and you talk to uh, professor. 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 Um. Professor of Sociology in your right. Soci 101 class. Alright, so there are 14 new COVID-19 cases in Singapore, including three locally transmitted and 11 imported. Mm, mm, quite different. Quite uh. different. Yeah. different. In fact, the one that we're doing now is a bit more... It's also a bit different. La. Yeah. It's also somewhere in between those two things, right? Yeah, my hair stood a little bit. Your hair stood up a yeah, little bit. Just Why? Hearing myself do those two accents, because like I, I totally can switch perfectly between... Those two accents, right? Yes. And they have so many different implications. Yes, exactly. Right? Many, many, actually, I think many Singaporeans in 
who inhabit the same space as us, like university. I think, like, what I would like to think, university educated. Yeah, let's educated, be real, right? That, yeah. I mean, the fact that we are university educated has mm. like completely changed. It has uh, the way we speak. Correct, in a way, right? Um, and sorry, you were gonna say. Yeah, so. People inhabit the space that we inhabit, like university, educated, the media that we, the media that we consume, all these sort of things. And in our cases, in our cases, the places we've been, the places we've been, exactly, all this sort of uh, inform the way we should speak in certain areas because yeah, for many reasons. Right. Actually, we have the ability to code switch. Correct. Right. Because like like the wider conversation that this is part of, right? It's the whole Singlish versus Standard English conversation. Yeah. Right? So in this country, there for a very long time now, we have become, we've been made very self-conscious of Singlish, right? The 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 the, 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 the very everyday way of speaking English, which isn't... Um, so it's things like, for example, in that sentence, right? We say 14 yeah. as opposed to 14. Yeah, 14. Yeah. And that like in certain more poshed up versions of the Singapore accent, you would roll your R, like you, you have the rotic R, right? Yeah. In the same way an American would. Yeah. Right? So you say something like 14 and you'd say 3 instead of 3. 3, yeah. You'd say locally as opposed to locally. Yeah, exactly. Right? Transmitted as opposed to transmitted. Yeah. Or trans transmitted. Yeah. Right. So it's it's the stresses and everything. Of course. Yeah. That actually. So that is actually part of the what what we think of when we think of English as well. It's not so much the las and the laws and the less, which is a big part of it, but it's yes. also the stresses, and 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 the less and and the and the the in, and the enunciations that Correct. aren't quite standard English. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I do. Yeah, I and do. That's, and so it's like we are constantly told, oh, actually, we should be able to. Singlish is fine, but only if you can switch out of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, actually, many people have said that, right? Like, mm. I, 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 I tend, I tend to think about language like that in Singapore. Like, mm. whenever people diss on Singlish, I feel a little bit sad. Mm. And I think, I think Singlish is beautiful. something that's really important. Yeah. And yes, it's very beautiful, exactly. But I think I only think that way because I have the ability to switch in and out of it. So right. I can, I can view Singlish from a distance and go like, oh, this is lovely. You can actually like dip in and out of the Singlish experience, right? Yeah, it's a safari. Right. Yeah, it's like, huh, Singlish? <laughs> oh, that's just something I do when I'm feeling naughty. Mm, correct. <laughs> No, so I remember my secondary school English teacher saying, boys, because we're in a boys' school, boys, like, it's fine if you want to speak like this in whatever, at home or whatever, or amongst yourselves, but you have to learn that we live in a world where you need to be properly understood when you speak English. So, Singlish is great, but I will, I, I don't encourage it in this classroom. We, I will only, you should only speak Singlish if you can speak standard English. Absolutely. My English teacher said something similar to yeah, all of us And I think that was up. actually the, maybe the, the policy at the time. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Because but this yeah. was the 90s, right? When they were really, correct. there was this real speak Eng- speak good English campaign. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's very, it's troubling because like as good post-colonial subjects, right? <laughs> you want to think that what's so great about standard English? Yeah. You know, it's like the, the common argument is like nobody understands the way the Scots speak. Sure, right. and they and they make no apologies yeah, for but like you know you, they sound. yeah no it's like the Scots get away with a lot more than your average Singaporean would. But then of course what I've learned in the UK is of course that actually code switching happens there and everywhere as well, right? There yeah. are people with very strong Northern accents who, who so who, who know, try to like, sound a bit more yeah posh. Who posh up their accent or sound more London for right? sure as a way to I guess like um change the way their class is perceived yeah. or or to get access to more um. Yeah. Opportunities. It is simply yeah. just to be understood because when yeah. you're understood, let's face it, the, the, when you're understood, then you have access to different things, like then you get you get whatever you want, right? Yeah. Or, or you try to get whatever yeah. you want. So people like to say, oh, okay, language is about communication. If you can't be understood, 
uh, it was the point. The point. But I, this is where I kind of push back against it a little bit because yeah. like, actually we just assume that people won't understand us if we speak in this very if we speak a certain way. But that's not necessarily true, you know. Sure. Because I feel like this podcast, for example. Yeah. Right. So. Um, not I, I have quite a number of friends from the UK who listen to this podcast. Right? Yeah, that who, fascinates me. Yeah, who really enjoy it. And like here, I realized that we don't actually we speak like I speak like this most of the time, right? Yeah. Which is actually an accent that I have not turned on in the UK very much. Yeah. Because in the UK, I speak a you know I I change sure, my accent sure. to to be understood, right? So call. Yeah. Open and, inverted commas. Yeah. Open inverted commas. And then it's like, but you know, my friends make no complaints about it. They barely mention it at all. Yeah. Uh, and so I feel like I think part of this idea is that we assume. Or we presume that we are unintelligible when we speak in a certain it's way. It's a sort of colonial hang-up, right? Correct, like right? that we think that we need to speak like that because this is how the rest of the world sounds, and it's and it doesn't take into the equation compassion of other people and the fact that people understand that yeah. people all over the world sound Be- different. Like the the ear actually can make sense of many many different of accents course. because like in in London, which is one of the most cosmopolitan cities in the world, there's so English is spoken in so many different ways. There's so many Englishes. Yeah, and everybody just sits in a room and understands it. Yeah, sure, it might not be perfect translation all the time. For sure, for sure. But you know, like that's one thing I I, I found very fascinating when I moved to the UK versus when you know those times we've been to New York, for yeah. example, to visit the states, right? Yeah, like there is a there is a standardization of English in America that's a lot there's a stronger standardization along the American accent than there is in the British accent I sure find. I, I agree. feel like the, in London at least there's more openness to different ways because it's such a hodgepodge of people correct yeah. right? so you've got like your Caribbean accents you've got your like uh, West African accents yes. you've got uh, Scottish accents Northern accents yeah uh, accents, all over the yeah, place East the Asian Welsh accents, accents. Like, Welsh accents and yeah. they all kind of like rub up against each other and yeah. it's pretty glorious yeah it is it's wonderful yeah so I feel th- what I'm saying is that actually we assume people won't understand the way we speak yeah. but actually maybe we, that's just a chip on our shoulder yeah and we do it yeah. anyway right right yeah strange so like okay this is a very interesting thing called like I I, I think it's called in- the, the international English accent okay right so there's a kind of standard international English that's being yeah. spoken and it's largely American sounding I'm guessing because of media yeah probably because of like TV or whatever yeah. right? but this is a very fascinating thing I was at a house party in London once mm. right where I met this guy and he's he, so we were both speaking with the exact same accent which in my case was this like slightly Americanized uh, international accent yeah. right and then I said oh my god are you from Singapore and he was like he went no are you from Dubai <gasps> and I was like oh my god so it turns out he's that's from Dubai so interesting. he's from Dubai I'm from Singapore and we were both speaking the exact same accent. Which is why you both thought you were from each other's home country. Yeah, and then we both bonded over our identity crises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very fascinating and I feel like it's it, this accent is something that's like I ha- I didn't have it when I was growing up. Yeah. But I'm going to speak in it kind of exclusively for the next couple of minutes just to give you a sense, right? Okay, like, go I for mean, it. you know it. Like you've heard me speak. Yeah, it. I've like, heard. Yeah, so like this accent that I'm speaking in now is like I didn't have it when I was growing up. Yeah. Right? And it was something that I think I only picked up in university when yeah. we first met. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Actually, a lot of the, a lot, a lot of my accent or, or, or this 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 idea that I have an accent was picked up in university because I remember like in university, I would speak to some friends and then I would go, I would then meet up with like secondary school friends or whatever yeah. and then they would tell me like, oh, I sound different. Correct. And I go like, what is that? I don't know yeah, this. Yeah, my JC friends, like, uh, they were like, hey, Joe, your accent changed, right? I was like, what do you mean it's changed? Like, yeah, now you sound like more atas. Correct. Yeah. And I was like, really? And I, I don't know, I feel I feel a sort of shame like, associated yeah, with it. Like, every time I get called out and I go like, oh my God, what do you mean? Because yeah. I don't mean to sound like this. It's just, 
I don't know. No, I, okay, I feel like the way people speak. I mean, we absorb different ways of speaking. Yeah. We absorb absorb accents wherever we go, right? It's like yeah. you live long. You live in a place long enough, you're gonna sound a certain way. So I think what actually our accent suggests is that our social circle, university, all have a very specific way of speaking, and that was because right, a bunch of you know we went to the university scholars program, at sure. US, which is this really snooty ass like. <laughs> A program for like, hi- like highly ambitious, overachieving brats. Yeah, right? brats who were <laughs> so mostly terrible. mostly pulled from fairly elite schools. So ungracious. I mean, NUS as a university is like you know it's pretty whatever already, right? It's pretty it's pretty snooty on in 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 and of itself. Sure. So add to that this slightly higher level members club. Is yeah, gross. Correct. it's gross. It's gross. It's a bit gross. Right, but like a lot of these people that we went to uni with, like. Spoke with these bizarre accents that I n- I could never place. Like mm. uh, we had some friends who spoke with straight out American accents, even though they never lived in the US. Are you kidding? Yeah, and they came from like a lot of them came from ACJC. Oh, right, that's true. Yeah, so I mean it's very bizarre. And then like I think like our accents all kind of homogenized around the same accent. Correct, so yeah. that we could all speak and identify as one. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know, it's kind of weird, right? <laughs> it is very weird. Yeah, it's like my hair stand. Yeah. <laughs> so like when I was overseas, so so I I I flew my parents in for a little like holiday while I was in the UK, right? Yeah. And so th- this is a fine example of my parents being in one on, on my left and like me speaking to a Londoner or in, in, in their Wait, case because we went up to Scotland. Oh, so you, where were you? We were in Scotland. Yeah. So right. I flew them I flew them out of Scotland and I met them in Scotland. Wait, so they come to visit you exactly. and then you guys went on a trip to which yeah. city in Scotland? Uh, the Highlands just right. all over the place. Right. So and I would order food to the the, the wait staff with the wait staff or whatever and my father would then say to me like I didn't understand what you just said what did you order mm. and I would have to flip between two different accents mm. and I and actually on some level I didn't realise I was doing it and sometimes mm. I would I would miss a beat and I would actually speak to my parents in a, an accent that I put on when, I, <laughs> I, when I'm in the UK oh no and my, and my father would say huh again again or my mother would have no idea what I was saying at all right yeah and so I I, okay, because I was having like difficulties committing my parents, I was it was a very tiring trip, so I was just like I just lost patience with them. <laughs> but but in retrospect, it's like this whole idea of code switching, just uh, it, it, that example really amplified the whole thing. Like, I was like, oh, I I didn't realize I was doing this, right? Because you never really know when you do it. No, but I think like what that exposes is like the like there's definitely a practical dimension to code switching as we were talking about, right? It's about it, it gets you through certain doors. It's about access, lah. Yeah. Yeah. But it's there's some kind of like, I don't. It's very dirty feeling, nonetheless, lah. Yeah, especially in this country, right? Yeah. Like I have caught myself when I in certain situations, like using a different accent to get my way, you oh? know, or to or consciously or not to in- intimidate people or kind yes. of say like actually, uh, I'm you know like maybe I'm not that interested in talking right now. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. You know, it's, yeah. it's strange. I don't like how that. Feels because or how that's played out, la. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I feel that this is a card that we can that we can play both you and I, right? And, yeah. and, and of course our, our friends and people that we know that we can play, and it is therefore to our benefit. Mm. But I wonder how we look from the outside in. We probably look like snooty assholes. Oh, for sure, right? Do you remember like when we were <laughs> when we were uni, right? There was this thing we used to talk about about how like we were having so much fun within our social group, right? But then we thought actually. If we look at ourselves from the outside in, we would hate ourselves. Yeah, and we true would enough, hate every ourselves. time we saw a similar group of people, we hated we them. Hated them. We hated and them. I was just like, <laughs> the thought was like, eh, actually, right? 
if we hung out with them, we probably find them quite fun. <laughs> no, absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I I don't know how that makes me feel mm. because I am benefiting from this ability to code switch, from yeah. this access, from essentially what is power. Yeah. Right. But uh, I don't know. I, no, it's a very dirty thing to sit it, with. It's this. It's a. It's a very elaborate performance, right? Yeah. Right? And it says a lot about you in that if you can switch and do do the different voices, so to speak, right? First yeah. of all, it communicates a lot about what access you have to. Uh, all kinds of inter- international opportunities. Exactly. It says a lot about like your education. It says a lot about like the different contexts that you can straddle. So you're not limited. Yeah. You're more mobile. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so for people there, but it's a performance. You know what I mean? And like, like when 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 that performance fails, when you see other people try but fail. Yeah. It can be very embarrassing. Oh yeah. Right? And that's that makes me feel really like, ah oh, god, I wish we could all just like be happy with who we were and just like not feel like we had to perform so much and just yeah. be true to ourselves. But like that's not the world we live in, unfortunately. No, it's right? not. And, and, and again it speaks to our cultural hang-ups. Yeah. Like the fact that we think perhaps the way we speak and singlish mm. is perhaps less than than the the accent that we're supposed to put on, the English that we're supposed to speak. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the speak good English did any favors us. Did us any favors there, lah? I'm not sure. It probably it didn't, did. you know. Like, actually, what was the speak good English movement? It's basically it was. Like, it was a. I think it was a movement to just stamp out or or to lessen the impact of Singlish nationwide, lah. Yeah. Was it not? It, it was. was right? it's, and it's like on a very micro level, that It's things like uh, don't say la la li la or this kind of thing, yeah. right? But then also like um, certain kinds of very local turns of phrase, like um. What's that one? Uh, like shock lah, all these things lah. Yeah, but but more like very grammatical things like um, w- don't say worse. Oh right. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or like yeah. uh, no, there's a very another example that's very like uh, I can't think of it right now. Sure. But it's like common grammatical mistakes that have actually just become part of our part of our so-called lexicon. mistakes yeah. that just be- become part of the way we speak, right? Yeah. Like, actually, that's not how you say it. It's like yeah. oh, girl. <laughs> Like, who died made you the authority, yeah, right? And actually, you start wondering, who is the authority? Correct. That, actually, that really isn't one lah. Do you know who it was? It was like, remember the MRT train announcement? Oh my god. The old one. Yeah, before they've revamped it, right? That snooty yeah, lady. Yeah, snooty Eurasian lady. Rest in power and peace, right? Whoever you are. I'm not like, sure. She, I forget her name, but she was just like, they did an interview with her. And she's the voice of the old MRT, right? So yeah. she was like, Banku. No, there was no Banku. No, there so, wasn't like... Like, Badok. Yeah. Shit like City that. City Hall. Aljunit. Aljunit. Yeah. Um, and then like she uh, was interviewed on TV or something and then she basically said I just do not think that Singlish should be spoken at all I just think it's broken English and it's shameful and I just like think everybody should speak proper standard Ooh. Queen's English Ooh, she thinks she's part of the empire I mean, she <laughs> probably w- she was probably a royalist like, don't get me no, wrong no yeah for yeah. sure she if, the was... queen, if the queen came to visit her she would be like yes ma ah, yeah, you know, she would she'll pull out the good china <laughs> yeah she would pull out the good china because you know what she had the good china <laughs> yes exactly so that was like that right great. next to the Oxford English Dictionary <laughs> yeah correct because only Oxford will do Only Oxford Yeah Collins Pui Pui No that's American <laughs> Correct no. Oh my god I don't know It's it's So like she People like that Present themselves As some kind of authority Yes Yeah And I, I don't know it, What does that do For the rest of us right For the rest of us who can for, for, for those of us Who can code switch Into that authoritative space Fine lah We inhabit that space mm. But for the rest of Singapore For Singaporeans who cannot For whatever reason Because of Because of um, Lack maybe of access Lack of access yeah. Or poor ability in English Or whatever Because these are real things Right mm. Then how would they feel Then they feel that Then uh, stuff is denied to them lah I don't know Which is why I think at the end of the day This is just a dirty yeah, thing I To just, sit with I just don't like that Anybody feels Less than For not being able to do anything Correct Because I feel like 
this applies to all of us on some level. We are all we all feel excluded from something or another because Definitely. we can't do something. And I feel like communication and language. I wish that weren't a barrier for people yeah. because I feel like this is how you express yourself. This is how you speak your wants and desires and talk yeah. to people. And the way you speak in your own little nuances is so beautiful. Yeah, it's, and it's kind it's so of unique. It's kind of like. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's not maybe it's not going to land you that international deal with the American multinational corporation, but it's you know, if that's really or you know, like let's be con- let's, let's really think about it in context, right? It's like what does it say that we are sending this message through our society that unless you speak a certain way, you are basically an embarrassment to yourself yeah. and the nation Correct. and uh, have no future, right? So you shouldn't actually, be allowed to, part- yeah, to partake if in we are realistic of society. Ab- if we are realistic about it, right? What actually are the contexts that we need on a daily basis that we need to like switch up, right? Yeah. Right. I, I really don't know. It's, I also it's, don't it's, know. It's this thing where it's like we need to make our population completely viable in the world. But it's like, that's never going to happen. Yeah. And like the byproduct of this converse, this, this discourse is that you're going to make a lot of people feel like shit. La. Yeah, it's divisive yeah. La, at the end of the day. I know. So I, I, in my own life, I tr- I'm trying to resist it. So having lived away for a while now, I've, I've had, oh, I've had, after that conversation with the guy from Dubai, right? Yeah. It really shook me up. And I was like, oh shit, actually, why am I code switching? Because right, when I'm in the UK, no one is switching to speak to me. That's and when, true. And when they come here, they don't switch to speak to us. You know, they don't the, like a few of them maybe like localize the accent a little bit and pick up a few nuances. But they think it's like 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 tricks to do lah. Yeah, but yeah. it's so weird that he, we code switch in our own country, yeah. you know, to to foreigners. Yeah. Um, just because we've been, you know, we feel that we need to neutralize our. Accent. And can I also yeah. say that is that is I, I'm ashamed to say this, but there is some level of pride mm. I feel when someone says, "Oh, you're not, you, uh, you don't sound like you're from Singapore." Mm. I mean, it's really gross, and mm. I'm really trying to mm. fight against this. Mm. But I remember feeling, especially when I was much younger, like I felt really proud of that. <laughs> I'm like, special. Like yeah, I'm yes, not one of the girls. This is yeah. me, not one of the girls. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm a lady. No, you know? <laughs> I I think the real, I mean, there's a real, the corrosive aspect of this is that like, it's all about class law. It and, is. Like, if you can feel a bit classier than the other girls, that's going to be a source of some pleasure. Yeah. But I feel like I've reached an age in my own life where maybe I want to derive less pleasure from that because it's all fake. Absolutely, you know, it's a performance. Yeah, and like, <sighs> there's so many stories about this about how like I was once in New York with a bunch of artists for this show, right? And yeah. then a Singapore artist for this show, and then we all ended up getting invited on this rooftop party by some rich socialite. It was just a complete like, <gasps> yeah, it was a very weird moment. And then I was with this other writer who was just like, yeah, like, like you know, like you know, everybody was like speaking the annoying American accent. And she was like, no, actually, what you want? And then it was wow, just like so this powerful. clarion call of clarity. <laughs> And I just found myself gravitating towards her because it's like, let's cut the bullshit, sis. Like, Correct. It's, it's like, I think there's something really bullshit. Like, you know, I yeah. really respect people who can actually just maintain yeah. that Singaporean accent. Just like, yeah. have no apologies yeah. about it. Like, la li la 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 all the way. Yeah. Because I find myself, uh, I, I can't because I mm. think it's very uncomfortable mm. because I, I don't know why I, I, I find I still need to bend over backwards to yeah. to try and make sure that I'm understood. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if it's a personality thing. I don't know. Like, maybe no like, I think we have too many hang ups already. It's terrible, right? Yeah. This conversation has made me realize that we have so many hang ups. We really it's, have. It's quite depressing. It is. That's why I say we have to like. It feels like we have to sit in our own shit with this a bit and just be better, lor. Dialysis. Uh. Yeah, dialysis. be better, lor. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean like I was coming <laughs> close to this realization before being yanked out of the UK, right? That I was like, there are moments where I was like, no, okay, I am now going to forcibly not code switch. 
and I'm going to not explain it. I'm just going to speak like this and, you know, force people to deal with it. And I'm not going to. Did you, were you successful? Like, sometimes I was. Like, I, if when I committed to it, it was. But then sometimes I slipped in and out of it. Sure. But yeah, I'm trying to do better on that front. Yeah. Because, like, why should we code switch? Agreed. Right? There's no shame. No shame. Absolutely. Correct. No shame. No shame. No Power shame. to the way you speak. Correct. Correct. Like this. Correct. Yeah. And now it's time for lukewarm takes with two elder millennials. That's us. That's us. Talk about something that's been happening on the interwebs. And so, Joel, what do we have on the menu today? It's everybody's favorite new pandemic-related topic: trace together. Trace together. You mean digital surveillance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're full of doom and gloom about this subject. I mean, <laughs> come on. Okay, so so for those not in the know, yeah. Uh, what- I wasn't in the know about this until literally like either this morning or last night. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize like actually how serious it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so what's so- happening is that the government wants us to consolidate the way we do our tracing, our right? contact tracing. Yeah, our contact tracing, and this is done through. Um, through an app called Trace Together. Unfortunately, mm. not many people have downloaded the app. I haven't. Yeah, uh, actually, I have, but I don't actively use it, mm. right? So the function of the app is basically to uh, uh, it sends out Bluetooth like signals, uh, so that it, it forms like a so so informs who you're around, and so that if, if any if any one of us gets coronavirus, yeah. they know who to contact, right? So right. the idea is contact tracing. Right. But because not many people have downloaded the app, mm. I think they're making people get tokens. Right. Right. So and these tokens function in the same way, lah. So I know. I thought it's because. Okay, first of all, now it's compulsory, right? In that, like... Everybody it, needs to use the Trace Like, by together. December or whatever, we everybody has to use uh, trace, trace Together to get into public spaces. Yes, it. whether it's the app or the token. Like. Right, and the token is basically... Ah, no, the reason people want the token is because apparently the app really burns battery on your yeah, phone, right? Yeah, it really saps a yeah, lot okay, of okay. power. So, so the, getting, token, the token is just something you carry around. Like. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Token is like this Tamagotchi-like like, thing. Ah, right. Yeah, that, that you carry around that I think just... Le- sends out, out Bluetooth s- sends right. out Bluetooth impulses and like receives and this Bluetooth is impulses. set to replace the current like scan the QR code thing that's right the, the right. safe entry QR code thing I see. that, we, okay, that okay. we do right yeah so which is a bit like troublesome it is like yeah. it, is, it is very troublesome because every time you have to take out your phone you scan, scan, scan but now it's just like this Bluetooth thing and you just show the QR code on it and then you're done right and you don't have to do anything else right. uh, because what it captures is data of who's around you so right. I think it's a lot better that way right now because you're not actually giving as much information away, right? Is the idea. I see. I don't know. Like, I'm all for... Okay, see. This This is how I feel about this. Yeah. I think that it's great that we have this measure because in pandemic times, it's important that we collect all this information in case any one of us gets coronavirus, then we know who to contact trade and to limit the spread, blah, crack, blah, crack, blah, 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 crack, blah. Crack. You know, all very good. Mm. But I'm also very worried that in the umbrella of the pandemic, we have just opened ourselves up to giving information without really thinking about it. Mm. This whole idea of being surveilled, Mm. you know, uh, I understand the severity of Mm. the situation that we must give up some of our rights, Mm. uh, that we must give up some information, Mm. but I'm afraid of this slippery slope situation where we don't have proper conversations of what we are giving up and where this information is going, right. and who is storing this information, and right. what happens if this information gets hacked. Yeah. You know, so I'm just, this is where I'm at. Yeah, I, but you I, see, yeah. like, you've literally just made a slippery slope argument. Yeah, <laughs> I have, I have. That's I, have. Okay. I mean, not to say that these are not legitimate concerns, right? But it's like, on one level, I totally understand that the 
this replacing the current contact tracing measure is actually more comprehensive, right? It it's is. More, it's set to be more effective. It's set to be more efficient. Yeah, I think and so. And it's the only way we can lift ourselves out of the current like restrictions, lah. Like it's like they can't. I I mean, the story they're selling is that they can't lift the restrictions until we are better. Until the contact tracing safety net is a lot wider and more thorough. Definitely, right? And that makes a lot of sense to of me. Of course. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I think the 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 whole like you know data uh, the data privacy thing and the privacy to your information thing is like okay, very valid. I don't know enough about it to comment, but like the big retort to that is actually we've been giving up our information for the longest time. It's like, true. Like Facebook. For, yeah. Instagram. It's like we don't even know what information we've given out and we've, we've submitted ourselves to the breach of our own privacy for ages already. You're right. Right. So, which isn't to say that we shouldn't all be more vigilant about it, but I do feel that the conditions of a pandemic have should change the way in which we consider ourselves as autonomous individuals. I know this is a bit of a bitter pill to swallow, but like the pandemic has changed the way our society works, right? We... we we cannot think of ourselves as individuals anymore. Yeah. Like we know this. Our every decision we make um, that prioritizes our own well-being alone will have ripple down effects on someone else under yeah. pandemic conditions, right? And I feel like this maybe also needs to apply to our thinking about the way our you know things like our privacy. It's just really unfortunate, right? We are no longer individuals under a pandemic situation we are a collective mass I agree with you yeah and I, I think I that's why I think I started off with this by saying that the trace together thing mm. is a necessity mm. but I am just worried about where we might go with this so where do you think it might go I don't know because mm. it opens itself up it opens itself up to a lot of things because right. I think what this does especially in the context of a smart nation right I think uh, Singapore's smart nation where we are trying to Use IT to make things, um, make things easier for all of us, right? Uh, smarter. Yeah, make things, uh, make things. Yeah, basically, turn Singapore into this f- fabulous smart nation, right? So I think smart nation is going to get a bit of a kick from this whole, uh, a bit of a kick up from this whole, um, trace together thing, right? So w- I think what this makes it easier for us to accept is that we ah. we can and we should give up our privacy, right? You know, and I don't know where that will lead us because we tend to give up our information in silos. Like, mm. okay, Facebook has my information about my interests mm. and now Trace Together has my information about my location mm. and some other information has my information about like my ID or whatever. Mm. But what happens when all these pieces of information are taken together and hacked and then this gives up in its synthesis, gives up a lot more about... The, 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 the whole picture. About, about me, you know? Right. And I don't know if, if this is something I should be worried about. Right. Because I'm a really... A, to, uh, in two minds about this I really want this to go forward but I'm also afraid of how forward this is going to go and whether we have the wherewithal to say if the pandemic is done now are we done yeah. with Trace Together? So I think the missing part of this conversation is that like our very specific relationship with our government right? Correct. I don't think we necessarily so the history of the relationship between the individual and the state the individual and society 
in this country is not a very happy history. Yeah. Right? Like we 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 have we but have ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, the social contract in this country has mm. taken away a lot of liberties from the individual, right? Free speech, certain freedoms of movement. There are very high penalties for various kinds of behaviors yeah. that in a lot other of yeah, in other countries are actually not even disobediences. There's yeah. no room for civil disobedience here. And by and large, the state has consolidated a lot of power and it's very difficult to resist that power. I mean, true of states all over the world, but I think in this country there's a specific yeah. strength to it. So you want to think that, okay. You introduce this pandemic era measure, and like at the end of the pandemic, we'll take it away, right? But there is this lingering mistrust in this power, that in this government that is so, like, in love with control, and that it's <laughs> in love with control for very practical, of some, course, often very pragmatic reasons, right? Yeah. and it's part of why our pandemic response has been stellar, relatively, relatively. Oh, that's true. Relatively I should say relatively stellar. stellar. You're right. Um. No lah, like, where it counts lah. So clearly to like, you see, I mean, their priorities are very clear. What? Yeah. Like, to, you know, to people who they don't consider human, it's <laughs> not important. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from in that, like, we want to think that, all right, uh, when when the, the government declares that the pandemic is over, these these devices will suddenly deactivate and explode or whatever, right? <laughs> I hope right? Not. You hope so, right? Or They'll deactivate. be in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you must like return them and they will be destroyed or whatever. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I don't know if if we, if we, if we will ever reach there. Right, I suppose like you keep it in, like in the black mirror scenario is that you just forget about it, you leave it on your desk, right? And then it's slowly consolidating yeah. more and more information about it you. It morphs into like this moving yeah. thing. <laughs> and then you say like you say anti-government things only, it will like it will bleep red. Correct, correct. You know, and then like in some inside, and then it's like basically becoming a, a a dystopian country where they can monitor all this kind of like. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, we're reaching the 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 the, the, yeah. the, the ends of this argument here, like, like quite quite crazy. You actually, know? no, my conspiracy theorist mind right, goes to the idea that actually, right, if they want to track people, they can already do it. Like, oh, I believe there's some switch somewhere in the the in don't know what government office somewhere where they just need to press it, and then like suddenly all the phones in Singapore will become like. This trace together, <laughs> contact tracing. There, like I, I believe fully. But this, like, this is crazy. What do you think they're researching at A star? <laughs> you know what I mean? Cancer research? No, it's how to turn people's phone into tracking device. And this one is like they don't even have to do all the work. Law Google's done it for you already. Well, your brain is a very exciting okay, space. Okay, come on. Okay, sidebar here, right? Do we not all by now know the horrific thing where you say enough words around your phone, the first search result will be that thing. Oh my god, like, this happened to me yesterday. Was I was it? talking was about it? going to the dentist and I didn't even search for it. And then suddenly on Instagram, there was like some dental care thing. I was like, coincidence? No, I think not. Or intelligent phone. I mean, crazy lah. No, this, yeah, I mean, this phone's listening to us now. I'm it, sure it is. Yeah, it's probably like, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure like we are watched figures on in di- <laughs> for different reasons, right? And like, so what my point is that like, I think the, the very cynical sinister part of my brain goes like actually if they wanted to they could already have done it and that this like mass everybody go and collect the the the, the download the app slash collect the dongle Token, thing yeah. is a is a kind of like a very weird fucked up uh consolidation of consent yeah albeit agree. albeit through very roundabout la. through law la, through policy la. because now it's, it's mandated yeah it's like we are now saying you have to give us your permission yeah. and that they are doing it because if you don't you get denied access no you cannot participate yeah. but you get denied yes. access to all yes. these different correct. places correct you know which is so I mean okay obviously I don't believe that they they can legally use that power to activate your phone as a tracing device mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that power exists somewhere uh, yeah I'm, I'm, you know? uh, yeah yeah of course of course so I I'm I'm pretty sure some level of power like that exists somewhere yeah but 
I don't know. Does it still not? I mean, we we can talk about this all we want, and we can we mm. can sort of like say that no, but this, no, but that. But does it not still make you uncomfortable that this exists? Can I be very honest. Yeah, it's like I I feel like this makes me feel like a horrible twenty first century person, right? I feel like I should know better, but on some level, I don't care. You don't care. I don't care. Mm. But I feel like we've we've I'm addicted, so addicted to the connectivity and the security offered by. Um, our relationship to technology, sure, and the convenience of it that I have like blindly now for years, uh, submitted to the fact that my life is being harvested, you know, and like no amount of scary Netflix documentaries, no matter how scary, can actually fully convince me to log out, to to you know to to, to totally to, cut to, off to from cut social myself media. off from this matrix. Of um, technology, but you see, what you're describing is a binary situation. Right. Like you either participate in social media, or don't, or you cut yourself off and live live like in a tavern or not tavern, like like in like this little shack in the woods somewhere. Yeah. But what I'm asking for is just responsible usage of data, mm. and I think many of us. Many of us believe that the government, I mean, myself included, I believe that the government will use our, our data responsibly. Yeah. But I just think that we don't have that conversation enough. Fair. That we don't have this conversation. We question, like, hey, can you tell me where my data is going and how is it being used, if at all? You all say that it's not being used, but what actually is happening? You know, can someone break it down for yeah. the so, for the layman? So this is where, uh, lawmaking comes in. Uh. This is where policy making comes in because it's like yeah. actually, okay, let's look at social media for example, right? It's like, it's, it's precisely the situation if you don't want to submit to these terms of use, you cannot use the thing. Correct. So if you want to use the thing and if your will to use the thing overrides the, the, the funkiness of that, that user agreement, <laughs> yeah. you will submit to, you won't read the thing. Yeah. You will scroll to the end click, I agree. And then use the thing. Yeah. Right? So like Apple updates. Yeah. Your personal <laughs> indignation is not going to move the it doesn't count the for anything. Profit driven corporate like monster that is social media. The only thing that can rein it in is policy. Yeah. Right? I think that people are generally more aware of social issues and like look at the last elections right people are getting more riled up I think people are asking questions it's just that you no, know, like like you and me we are asking questions about these things but I just hope that asking these questions mean something and they're not going to a vacuum somewhere and mm. like disappear mm. you know so I don't know I don't know I, um, part of my complacency about this is that I feel that <laughs> we are transitioning towards a bionic age mm. where we are wow. going to cease at some point to be fully human and that we are basically going to be these like human like digital robot type hybrids and that like in the future somewhere in a distant future right they are going to look back at us now and think of this as a transitional phase and we are going to look to them like the Luddites of the 19th century <laughs> who were like burning down factories and believe and, like, I yeah. believe. and, and it's just like I don't know <laughs> I feel like the conception of what it is to be human is changing as Correct. well. Correct. I mean, with the smartphone, we are that's that's we are bionic. That's we are a, already bionic. That's basically right? a limb, le. Yeah, like we cannot function without it. Correct. Some of us. And then so many people basically spend half of their consciousness scrolling through social media. Oh anyway. my god, it's true. It's actually quite frightening. Yeah. Yeah. And we are manipulated by algorithms. Absolutely Isn't right. Isn't that terrifying? It is. Yeah. So I, I don't know. So all the more it seems because now it's becoming part of us. We're being manipulated by it. Mm. There are policies surrounding it. All the more we should ask important questions surrounding this and not just submit 
even in the times of pandemic. Yeah, but I don't know. Don't you feel like data is being harvested from us all the time? It's as not just through here, social media, right? As we sit it's here. like I've. I think we've all. I've gotten kind of used to the idea that out there somewhere there is some kind of horrible docket on me on on social media and the way I behave on it. I think have lah. Yeah, and that <laughs> you know, um, I'm being manipulated by profit-driven interests to act in a certain way. For sure. And like, I think I have some autonomy over it, but I probably don't. It's an illusion. Yeah, but like, so much data has been collected from me in my life, right? It's like. My fitness levels, my health, my my educational scores, my movements, right? Um, you know, in and out of the country, there is a database out there that processes all of these information. You yeah. know, you we, you were talking to me about how, like, um, you know, masses of data are collected from societies in general through even things like wastewater. Yeah, you correct. Know? Like the like our shit. In the sewage is, yeah. you know, like determ- tells people who are interested a lot of things about a place, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> the common statistic I'm aware of is that in London, for example, the sewage water has one of the highest concentrations of like I don't know if it was meth or cocaine. Maybe both. Yeah, <laughs> maybe both in the Thames, right? So like yeah. London sewage wastewater has so much, like contains so much. Um, Meth, meth, and or drugs, or whatever, whatever, and it's used as a way to measure drug usage in a in a city. Correct, right? So like it's like our effluvia, you know, our our whole lives, our material lives have are already being documented. Yeah, all tabulated. Yeah, like calculated against and yeah. put up in Excel sheets. Somewhere. Correct for yeah. for you know for science on some level, but yeah. also for control and discipline. Yeah, right. And it's frightening, lah. Yeah, yeah. So just you know, food for thought. Not food for thought. It's question, like, I mean, question, it's question. Like, what is the use of information? Right? Yeah. So, I I mean, as information is collected, I I just ask the people a question. Right. You know, you know what the origin? All. You know what the origin of the census was? What? Was it for control? Yeah, for taxes. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, the Roman census was a way to, um, you know, process who was in the empire and how much tax they should pay. <laughs> it's, uh, like, gathering information has always been about power. Right, like, why do you think the, the 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 British were so interested in botany and horticulture and mm. like uh, natural science and you know why the field of anthropology itself was a is a absolutely is a historical is a is an imperial a lot of a lot of yeah. science also started off as uh, uh, to understand to control yeah you know because the more you know about something the more you can control the more power it. you have over it Ooh. Mm. happy Halloween. <laughs> Your scary ookie dookie thought for the month. Ooh. Control. Power and discipline. It's our third and final segment for the day, and it's what to watch at the end of the world. Chibabo. Because believe it or not, the world is ending, and you're going to need some primetime entertainment to Correct. And what's on the menu today, Joel? Uh, C'est Emily. À Paris! Emily in Paris. For those of us who don't speak the language. Emily à Paris! It's on Netflix and. Bonjour! I don't know if it's what to watch as opposed to you watch to hate watch. I don't know. I could only get through like the first 10 minutes and I had to switch it off. But it was at one point number one in Singapore and now you're telling me what it's number two? I don't know lah. I saw it on Netflix the other day. It's like, huh? How Basically, is this, it's, how is this trending in Singapore? Yeah, it's trending in Singapore and it's mind-boggling. Hey, but so, you watched, finish the whole thing, right? I watched, finish the whole thing. Why? So I, 
Why? I watched one episode and was so turned off by it that I just didn't uh, for a few weeks yeah. or for a few days. And then I went back to Netflix. I was like, what else is there to watch? What else is there to watch? And there wasn't. And then this was just hanging there at my recently watch. And I was like, you know what? Let's. Your life's so free. You can go and watch this card. Kind of <laughs> because sometimes yeah. when I'm like, I just flip in and out. Of, okay, of, okay. Of then things. you tell us and all those who haven't watched it what the show is about. So, yeah. basically, it, it's the story about this girl called Emily who gets relocated from her offices in Chicago to Paris for work. What does she do? Uh, she works in an ad agency or oh, something okay, like so that. that and, kind of creative business. Yeah, creative right, business. Yeah. And she's supposed to like drum up um, uh, drum up followers for this ad agency in France, and she's supposed to bring over over her her US ideas to Paris. Ooh. And obviously, the French people are like not having any of it, right? And yeah, so it's, it's a like we already gave you the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Stay away from us. <laughs> it's basically the trials and tribulations of her of her living her Paris life, la. Yeah. But you know what? There are no trials, nor are there any tribulations, Correct. because this woman is this white woman just flowing through this fantasy land that is Paris. It is a Paris, let me just say, that I do not recognize. No. Okay, I've been there like three, four times. Yeah. Okay. And I I have to say... Does I, it smell of pee? I do not like You don't Paris. smell the pee. You don't smell the pee. Th- th- there is one scene where someone just pees in like a, 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 a urinal. Like, you know what? Paris has this like public ah, urinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, gets a shock. Like, oh my God, it's a urinal. Or whatever. Yeah, it's like in America, the police shoot black people no, dead you know, so it's like you, you know, know what is shocking about the rhino story what? she basically was jogging along the river and then she stopped by what she thought was like this resting place which turned out to be a urino and she had and she picks up a phone a uh, phone call so she FaceTimes someone she's having this whole conversation and all I'm thinking about like, girl you don't smell the pee ah. and then someone says uh, excuse me madam, madam, and then like whips out his dick and then pees <gasps> of course we don't see his dick or anything oh. right? and then she gets a shock and she goes like oh I'm sorry I didn't know it was a it, it, it was a, a urinal or whatever I'm thinking like, so you never smell anything? Uh? What was this? God, I'm exhausted just listening so to this. So this is the whole story. So she has she has a beautiful time in this fantasy Paris. She makes wonderful friends. She goes to high class parties. She meets men who turned out to uh, turn out to be like amazing lovers. You know? Lovers. Le- lovers. <laughs> yeah, she eats amazing French amazing food. Amazing French food. Fromage, you uh. know? <laughs> All these sort of things. I go like, girl, this is not Paris la. So, and actually, this hasn't been the vision of Paris for a very long time. No, already. it hasn't. Yeah, have the Japanese taught you nothing? <laughs> you know, you know about Paris syndrome, yes, right? It's yes. this like thing where these Japanese who have this really fucking romantic vision of Paris go to Paris and they are, and and, and they are like confronted by all the shit and piss on the streets and the rude people and the complete lack of charm, and then they're like, Nani, <laughs> and then they go into like a. <laughs> A depressive funk. Yeah. Yeah. It's an actual medical condition. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Paris syndrome. It's just called reality. Correct. Yeah. So reality can be depressing. It's just weird that this is. So I, I was reading about why this was such a popular show. Not even in, not just in Singapore, but around the world. And apparently why it's so popular is because the people recognize it as not real. Uh, and they just want to the fantasy. They want to visit that fantasy because if they go to Paris, they're not going to see this. I mean, you know, I know. Yeah. Many people know when you go to Paris, it's not the reality. And so this, what this show allows them to do is to live through that hyper-fantasy, hyper-romantic idea of what Paris is, where you go there, eat the, eat the best food, drink the best wine, meet the best people who are all gorgeous and inexplicably white. <laughs> it's just crazy. Oh, yeah, because it's like, let's not forget how actually cosmopolitan yeah. Paris is. Correct, it's ridiculous. 
I don't know. It sounds like uh, maybe it's actually a lot more subversive than we give it credit for. Right? Maybe you it's think? actually this whole thing is an elaborate like uh, farce on like white women. <laughs> you think so? Maybe, you know, it's like what kind of TV show will show people just coasting through life except like white women? So the heartthrob of the show, right, this romantic interest show is this French gorgeous man, okay, who, who, who says that uh, some Parisians were actually very angry at him for, for, for being part of the show because he's a, he's a French man himself. Yeah. So it's like, uh, but he told the Parisians basically just relax. I mean, we all know this is uh, hyper-reality. This is nonsense. And no, we're, and we're just I just creating that's, that's, content. I don't know. I don't that's agree with that. Out. I feel agree. like all representation is is never 100% accurate, right? But like, we, we, like how tone deaf is that, right? We now live in an age where people are contesting representation all the time. Correct. And it's like, even even Crazy Rich Asians came up with so much flack, right? For Absolutely. Like, representing... A not di- I think it's a similar kind of flack, right? It's like, what the fuck is this? You know, it's full of cliches and stereotypes and actually grotesque distortions of the original. Absolutely. Um, You know who gets away with it? Americans. Yeah, like, I was going to say white people. La, no, not just same. white people. Americans, right? Why? Because, Why specifically them? Uh, they have like, love just like projecting their fantasies onto other places. Other places are always, you know, other places are always more romantic. Other places are always the backdrop for like, uh, the, the, the fantasies and the, and the amusing, charming travails Probably of because like, the they white are, protagonists. They are so insulated that this, they yeah. project their fantasies elsewhere, yeah, right? You and know, they all do it. Yeah, and they've been doing it since the beginning of Hollywood mm. right like Egypt Rome that's true you know and uh, you know Crazy Rich Asians is a perfect example of that right they projected a, basically it's an American fantasy on Singapore yeah yeah, and they have no responsibility as makers of fantasy to accurately representing that place because like because that won't sell yeah to them it's like A it won't sell B we're not making documentaries about fantasy right Correct. so it's like yeah, I get that it's fantasy, but like, I think maybe we just like shouldn't accept it so so easily. Yeah, there needs to be some responsibility with this as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't. I like you. I didn't accept that statement that that, that, that this heartthrob French yeah. man said. But yeah. But on some level, right? I feel like this is a very delicious kind of revenge against French people. <laughs> yeah. <and> Paris specifically, <laughs> like I I don't know. They like I. This is, I don't know. I I feel like they take themselves so seriously. They really do. The French that the the most perfect revenge is this like cheap B-grade American sitcom not sitcom it's B- B-grade yeah. American TV show that just takes the piss off every known French every stereotype aspect. and it's like resolutely says yeah I'm sorry we haven't we know that these stereotypes haven't been accurate since at least the 90s now but we're just gonna throw it on screen anyway let's like let's ro- roll out the works right this white woman is gonna go there wearing a fucking beret she's gonna have her first baguette oh my god the she's, number of yeah, berets Ugh. you know she's going to hunt. I, it's also a revenge I think because like a lot of Americans get very nasty treatment from French people when they're in Paris. Yeah, it's true. So I feel like on some level, right, it's like, retribution. Yeah, retribution. Like, fuck you. You know, you're also stuck up about your stupid city. Here, I'm just going to like parody it for yeah. you to see and we're going to make it the number one most watched show on Netflix. And you know what? You know I what? think it's being yeah. renewed for like a second season even. Amazing. It's like, you know, for all the times I've had a shitty time in Paris, I feel okay lah. Take it, you know. Say <laughs> normal. Yeah. So yeah. you know what? Watch it. Don't watch, watch it. it. Don't watch it. Whatever. But if you watch you it, maybe know way. that you're feeding into an elaborate revenge against the French lah. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a Parisian vendetta. <laughs> Ooh. 
happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Actually, people. it's not. It's not yet, right? It's next no week. No, I think still got one more week. Yeah. What are you doing for Halloween? <laughs> no, nothing. Like, I remember times where we used to dress up and go out. Yeah. But now the idea of that makes me want to hurl. Yeah, I like, think like <laughs> what's I the cannot. best thing to go for as Halloween? I just want to like Netflix and sleep. No lah, yourself. <laughs> right. I feel like oh. we are all caught up in this like monstrous horror movie. Yeah. Finally, take your mask off. Yeah. <laughs> Like, ah, it's the real you. Yeah, no, I'll just go as, you know what I'm going to go for as Halloween? What? Other people. God. Yeah. It's like, what, what's your Halloween costume? <laughs> Hi, I'm other people. <laughs> yeah, people are like, no, COVID. Oh, God. Ugh. Anyway, we've come to the end of today's episode. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you enjoy yourself. Mm. This is my DJ accent. In case you're wondering, <laughs> I'm code switching it too. <laughs> All right. Uh, until next time, happy Halloween and stay safe. This has been Joel. And this is Kishan. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.